In the beginning of this song, they had a quote from a man named Brennan Manning, who actually was a priest at one time and was actually removed. He has a strange background and actually struggled with alcoholism. The reason why they probably used him was because of the theme of the song of moral failure. Uh, The song was, What If I Stumble? The lyrics were, What if I stumble? What if I fall? Uh, What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Then the question comes, will the love continue when my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? What if I fall? Now, in the beginning, uh, this quote from Benny Manning. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Thank you so much for listening into the podcast today and giving me a little bit of your time. Reach My City is a local ministry here in the South Alabama area. I serve as a local evangelist to the churches here to equip believers and inspire them to reach the lost for Christ. We train people in biblical evangelism and we go out and actually facilitate and organize outreaches here in the local area. You can find out more about our ministry by going to reachmycity.com. So the band I was talking about and the song that I just brought up in the beginning is uh, from, of course, the band DC Talk. Of course, who doesn't know DC Talk, right? If you don't know who DC Talk is, that's fine. You probably didn't grow up in the 90s or you weren't a Christian during the 90s. Um, An incredible band, uh, arguably one of the best um, ever in terms of contemporary Christian music. Uh, Depending on your your thoughts about uh, their theology, their doctrine that came through their music, uh, they definitely were creative um, incredible vocalists, three separate vocalists, Michael Tate, Kevin Max, and of course, Toby Mac, Toby McKeon, uh, all formed a band called DC Talk. Now, DC Talk actually stands for something, if you didn't know that. It's Decent Christian Talk. But uh, that song in the beginning, What If I Stumble, was one of the songs that shaped um, just my early Christian development. Uh, a lot of their songs actually shaped me. Songs like Jesus Freak, In the Light, uh, supernatural. There were so many songs that were so, so, so good that they came out with. And uh, I remember just listening to that album, DC Talk, Jesus Freaks album, um, and just really, man, getting a, a beginning understanding of people who stood for Christ. And so the beginning of this song specifically is what I want to focus on, uh, where Brendan Manning quotes, uh, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and go on with their lifestyle. He says, this is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Well, anytime you hear a great quote from a a world-renowned speaker, a great orator, or a philosopher, an old preacher from the past, or whatever it may be, a lot of times these things can be powerful, these things can be moving. Uh, They try to give you some great grand thought, some spiritual concept, some principle, in a very concise way. I think one of the greatest, most quotable preachers of all time would be Charles Haddon Spurgeon, of course, my favorite preacher of all time. The Prince of Preachers in Essex, England in the early 1900s. But he said this about atheism, because that's the the subject uh, of this podcast. He said, atheism is an an odd thing, uh, because not even the devils fall into that vice. And of course, he's relating to the scripture that says, even the demons believe that there's one God and do tremble. Uh, where it says, basically, you believe there's one God, you do, you do well. <laughs> Even the demons believe that there's one God. And, uh, and know, of course, the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to just kind of uh, analyze for just a moment this quote, because I remember really believing this was true. Uh, this is a truth claim. It says, 
that the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Now, it would be one thing if he would have said a cause or one of the causes uh, of atheism, of, of skepticism towards Christianity or towards theism or towards whatever religion, whatever you want to put in the blank there, is Christians themselves, right? And, and we've heard other you know, world leaders and, uh, and I guess you might call them influencers in the past who've said things kind of like this. Uh, Gandhi, uh, Mahatma Gandhi actually said some things about, you know, about Christ, him looking to Christ as a good moral teacher. Of course, Gandhi was not a Christian, but he said he, said he liked Christ, but he wasn't too fond of Christians. And uh, the same thing was, was said by Bono, right, the lead singer of U2. He said, I'm fine with, with Christ, but I'm, w- what bothers me is Christians. And uh, there's others that have made that same uh, sentiment. They've, they said the same thing, that, that Christians are the ones that bother them. It's not so much Christ. Mostly what we're talking about here is hypocrisy, right? Um, the word hypocrisy simply means actor. So it's someone who has learned religious formalities or Christian mannerisms, and they put on a good show, right? They put on a mask, maybe each and every Sunday put on the right clothes, say the right words. They look the part, they raise their hands, whatever they may be, but however, at the end of the day, they're not really Christians. They are acting, right? These are hypocrites. Well, a lot of people say, well, it's the hypocrites in the church that calls me not to become a Christian or something like that. Well, we know that there's no hypocrites in the church, right? There might be, you know, hypocrites that come into a building, but they're not in the church because they're not a part of the church. They're not truly believers. They have had false conversions, and they've come to Christ for some other reason. There's also televangelists, right, who have never-ending, you know, bottomless collection bags, who, um, you know, they, they create all this wealth by... Uh, begging for money and promising things like God's going to make you rich if you give uh, a faith seed of a thousand dollars, whatever it may be. These are type of things that people, you know, cause people to just shake their heads and turn their faces from from the Christian faith whatsoever and begin to shake their fist at God all the more. Also, we don't seem to have a lack of of pastors that are in the limelight that have moral failures, right? And then they have to uh, leave their church, and we get to see their mistress, you know, on on the news, on Nightline or whatever it may be. And, you know, all the more, here are other reasons why people say, see, uh, Christ is not real, God is not real, these people are are acting, right? And uh, what happens is they they basically paint us all with a huge paintbrush saying, this is all nothing more than uh, than people believing in an imaginary uh, man in the sky, whatever it may be. So uh, obviously it gives many places for the mockers of God to laugh all the more and uh, cause them to be even more skeptical than they were before. However, as you begin to analyze this quote, uh, Brennan Manning says, the greatest single cause in the world today is Christians. And then, of course, goes on to talk about hypocrisy they acknowledge Jesus with their lips, okay? That's the person who says, okay, I am a Christian. Um, I'm going to live a Christian life. Then he says, then they walk out the door and they get on with their lifestyle, right? What he's saying here is they, uh, they say that they believe in Christ. However, they live like he doesn't exist. They live like there's no God to obey. There's no um, holy life to live. There's no uh, real forgiveness of sins because there's no change from the slavery to sin, Right? Uh, so a world needs to see uh, a Christ that set man free from the bondage of sin. But if we look just like the world, obviously that creates 
this issue where um, atheists all the more just say, well, you can see that there's, uh, there's no difference between us and them, right? Uh, some people have said, you know, the divorce rate is the same between the world and Christians, you know? It's these things and more that cause these types of, uh, of ideas to surface, uh, that the greatest single cause of atheism is, is Christians. Well, I actually have a contingency with that. I, I don't believe it's true. That is at least not entirely true. Let's go to the Word of God and see what God has to say about atheism. All right, verse uh, 18 of chapter 1 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, they've been clearly seen, ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God, nor did they give thanks to Him. But their, in their thoughts they became futile, Right? They became foolish in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, who exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up for their lust of their hearts, and to impurity, to this dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. And it gets into the perversion of man, uh, the, the, the perversions, should I say, uh, that, that man creates more and more evil out of his heart flows because of his denial of the existence of God. Of course, it is that man wants to be autonomous, wants to be his own God. That's what atheism is. It's uh, wanting to go off into a far country, kind of like the uh, the prodigal son, right? He wanted to get away from his dad so he could spend that money on riotous living and prostitutes. Why do he want to get away from his dad? Because he didn't. He wanted to be away from the shame of it, uh, not have the guilt of it, not have to uh, have you know people that knew his father and knew who he was and wanted to be able to do what he wanted to do, right? That's what atheism is, right? Going to a far country, right, saying there's no God. There's a reason for that. They say that there's no God, right? They claim that there's no God, and this here pinpoints the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today. My friend, it's not Christians. Now, I would say that that, that is a reason. That is an, another reason why people mock God and mock Christianity altogether, However, I disagree. It's, it's not the greatest single cause. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is very simply this. It's that man in his natural state is rebellious against God. Now, right here we see that in, in Romans chapter 1. Though they knew that there was a God, right, they suppressed the truth in unrighteousness, which means in their sin, which is the, uh, the key here, that sin here is the greatest part uh, in the final analysis of the cause of atheism in the world today. Sin is rebellion against God, and namely the transgression of God's law. But if you you know, completely ignore the existence of God, which I did, I, I thought atheistically, uh, and by the way, I'm going to describe that and define it for you. What is atheism? What is agnosticism? What is theism? Um, so in my mind, I thought, well, there's not a God, right? There's no evidence for God, so I'm going to live the way I want to. I can do whatever I want to. Everything's permissible for me, right? Because uh, I'm not going to face judgment. None of those things are going to happen to me, but yet the Word of God says all along, 
In Hebrews 9.27, that it's appointed for man to die once, and then after this, the judgment. It says that every lawless deed, even things done behind closed doors, done in darkness, God's going to bring them out, and we're going to be in a, be held accountable. Our conscience shows us that God is going to hold us morally accountable. So what does atheism mean? Atheism, or atheism, would be no God. That's simply what it means, no God. So... They stand from a position, it is a truth claim, that there is no God. It's not that they just think that there's not a God, as some apologists have said, but no, they, they're saying that there is no God. That is an absolute statement, right? So that's a truth claim, no God. So I'm going to break down that for, uh, for you here in just a minute, but let's talk about agnosticism. Agnosticism would mean not to know or that you don't know, right? You don't have enough evidence yet to know that there's a God or not. You just simply don't know if there's a God, that you're open to the idea of there being a God. Atheism would be that you're not open at all, that you've already, uh, in, in, in the final analysis in your mind, there is no God, right? That you, you should have some type of evidence that there's no God to have that position. Then there's theists. And of course, theists would be just someone who believes in the existence of God or God's, uh, or the plural that there could be, you know, many gods. All right, so to dive into the world of atheism and maybe even Darwinian evolution and things like this, it would be a whole lot longer podcast. So I'm going to uh, not really dive into the depths of that just yet. i uh, be looking for other podcasts to come up where we will dive into evolution and how to debunk that. Uh, but it's just simply this statement I, I would like to debunk, and that, that, that is simply that, uh, that Christians are the greatest reason for atheism in the world today, that Christians are just hypocrites. It's just not the case. Um, here in the Scriptures, which is truth, this is the authority that we go by, God's Word says that basically the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is their condition. Man's condition is that they're naturally rebellious against God. They're naturally at a state of enmity, the Bible says, at enmity towards God. Um, the Bible says that the carnal mind receives not the things of God, nor can they know them. So man is, is at enmity, which means that they're an enemy of God. And if you think that's strong language, I get it from my Bible. <laughs> I get it simply from the Word of God. Uh, that's not just me talking here, what I think, but this is, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what, what God thinks. It matters what God has said about us. We have the greatest, uh, the orator of all truth, right? Uh, would tell us about everything about man. So right here in Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows His love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been now justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. Now catch this, verse 10. For while we were enemies... Wait, wait, wait. What? We were enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more... Now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Okay, so here it is. The Scriptures teach plainly that we are enemies of God in our natural state before we are regenerated, are born again. Now, Jesus said unless a man's born again, he's not going to enter heaven. Okay, that's because in that state that he's in, he's in hostility. He's in a place of hostility towards the God that made him. And the reason why is just very simple. Like I said before, it's not an intellectual problem. It's a moral problem. He, he doesn't want to obey God. He doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do, right? And the thought of God makes him feel guilty because he's doing things he knows is, is gonna, would anger God or is, is morally wrong. 
that rudder, that moral rudder, is the conscience. The word con is with, the word science is knowledge. That is that we have with, we're with knowledge, right? When we lie, steal, blaspheme, lust, fornicate, all these things, we know it's wrong. Uh, I was talking to an atheist, it was late one night around 12 o'clock, uh, we were downtown Mobile area, and the party scene, the clubs were bumping and thumping, and uh, I had an atheist uh, crossover where we were uh, preaching in the open air. And uh, I had several guys with me. I had a local pastor with me that some of you guys have, have heard through our podcast and our show, uh, Pastor Jacob Maloney. And this this guy passes us, and he begins to you know give arguments out loud. And so he didn't realize that I would actually stop in that moment and actually respond to him, but I did. I was actually, I had a speaker, and I was on a pulpit. I got down from that, and I actually stopped speaking, and I wanted to address him, and he, he was real surprised at that. Anyway, we got into this this long debate. Uh, he really wanted to be in a debate, but I wanted to be in a discussion, so I tried to lower my voice and uh, with kindness and try to get to lure him into a discussion so that way I could actually share the gospel with him, but he maintained he was a little bit inebriated, to be honest with you. He maintained that he wanted to argue. So uh, instead of attending to his arguments, I, I tried to just show him in his uh, ideology some of the, the, the areas that he was uh, inconsistent. One of the things he said, what there, there was no God, but also he said that God in the Old Testament commanded genocide. And I said, well, wait a minute. Uh, he did that? And he said, of course, yes, yes, in the Bible. And I said, wait a minute, I thought he doesn't exist. So how's he commanded genocide if he doesn't exist? And he was like, well, huh. <laughs> you know, and, and I said, well, wait a minute. What's wrong with genocide from your standpoint, from a moral, you know, uh, standpoint? If, if, if atheism is true and it's survival of the fittest, then what's wrong with murder, right? What's wrong with, with doing away with the whole people group? There's, there's nothing wrong with it. What, what basis, what, from what standard would you say that that's wrong? course, he didn't have an answer for that, so he uh, circumnavigated around that question. And then I, I appealed to the fact that, hey, didn't you say that if there's a God, he'd get rid of evil? Well, these are evil people. They were destroying, you know, babies and sacrificing them to this false God called Moloch. And, uh, and so if when God gets rid of evil, uh, now you're, you're, you're claiming that God's done something wrong. So you want him to get rid of evil, but when he does it, now he's wrong. So, wait a minute. <laughs> so I just was showing him some inconsistencies there without getting into the, the whole conversation. And at the end of the day, as I tried to share the gospel with him, uh, obviously it was, it was hard because he was abrasive and rude and critical, and it was just difficult because he was firing like 100 questions at me one time and wouldn't give me a word in edgewise, right? As, as most of them don't, they fire off another 20 questions from atheism.com that they've memorized. And so... The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. And so I tried my hardest to answer him in that way. The Bible says to always be ready to give an answer uh, for those, uh, you know, for the hope that you have. And so I was ready. I had an answer, but it says to do this in gentleness and respect. And so with, to, with the best of my ability, I did it with gentleness and respect. And, uh, and yet he, he was very abrasive and uh, didn't really want to listen to me. But at the end... I told him, I said, listen, if God came down right now, revealed himself to you, revealed Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God, would you without, I mean, I'm talking about without a shadow of a doubt, that he, they knew, he knew in that moment, okay, there is a God, it is Jesus Christ, okay, there, there's beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know, I'm completely convinced that there is a God. I said, would you at that point bow down to him? And he said, no. Let me just take a sip of coffee here. Guys, he said no. 
he, he folded down his cards, right? He showed me his, his hand. The issue for him wasn't intellectual, it was moral, right? He's, and, and that was, I told him, I said, look, that's right. It's very true. You would not bow down. Why? Because your problem's not that you don't have enough knowledge. You're, you're lacking evidence for God's existence. The problem is that you hate him. And that's congruent with the Word of God, with what it teaches, like I shared with you in Romans chapter 1. So back to the song we've been talking about. What is the greatest thing of calls in atheism in the world today? Well, DC Talk, if they would have followed along with what the Word of God said, they would say the greatest thing of calls of atheism in the world today is, is not Christians, it's, it's sin. That's what it is. It's that we, in unrighteousness, suppress the truth of God's existence. We don't give thanks. We don't give Him uh, the, the gratitude that He deserves, the worship that He deserves. But we've turned aside, each of us, like Romans chapter 3, verses 23 says, and we've gone after our own lust and our passions, and, uh, and we're in sin. And we're dead in our sins and trespasses until God rescues us out of that condition that we're in. So uh, just to share with you... I. I you know, the, these thoughts that I'm sharing with you now on the podcast, it's something I've not thought about in a long time. Uh, the reason why I brought this up is because I heard the song. Uh, I actually went back, and I was in the gym one day, and and uh, I thought, you know what? I want to listen to DC Talk. I haven't listened to him in a long time, and that song came on, and the, the, the quote came on again, and I listened to it, and I started thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? I thought that was right for a long time. When, you know what? The whole time, I was like, wow. The reason why I thought that was right is because I didn't know my Bible. <laughs> I didn't realize it. So back to uh, the main point here. In, in a sense, yes, that that, that that is a reason, right? Hypocrites in the church are certainly a reason people laugh and mock at Christianity, but it's certainly not a reason why they are atheists. They're atheists because they hate God. They're an enmity towards God, which God says in His Word. Another thing that atheists commonly dismiss is the multitude of Christians who are not false converts, who are not uh, hypocrites, who live a life that is an honor and pleasing to God, uh, someone who's been separated and set free from their bondage to sin, and their will has been changed, that is, they will to glorify and honor and please Christ. And um, they dismiss that by painting us with that large paintbrush that everyone's a hypocrite, everyone's not real, uh, there's not any reality to this Christ, this gospel. And that's something they can't explain. It is the greatest apologetic, in my humble opinion, is a changed life. A changed life, someone who's become a new creation, no longer a slave to sin, no longer uh, is rejecting and hating God, but one that loves God and has been changed uh, by means of regeneration. Their heart now belongs to God. They love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That changed life, Second Corinthians five seventeen. if any person's in Christ, they'll become a new creation. They cannot explain away the new creation. That's why what it is to actually testify or to be a witness for Christ is to give your eyewitness account of Christ, what you have seen and what you have heard. And that testimony is our own story, our own life, that uh, I, I ignored God. I hated God. I was an enmity towards God. I was a wretch before Him. He came and He lifted me up out of the muck and the mire, out of the, the pit of destruction, he set my feet upon a rock, established my going, put a new song in my mouth. He made my footsteps firm. That is the testimony, is Psalms chapter 40. 
atheism is really a nonsensical worldview um, because it really collapses on itself in the sense because anyone that makes the statement there's no God, well, what would they have to know in order for that absolute statement to be true? Well, they would have to be omniscient, right? To say that there's no God, you'd have to have knowledge of everything. Uh, what you could say, uh, an, an honest appeal would be, uh, in the evidence that I now have, I believe that there's no God. But in the evidence that I do not have, I do not possess yet, there could be ample evidence for God, which would just backslide them right into... <laughs> you ever seen an atheist backslide? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, an atheist backslide into agnosticism. I just don't know, right? So an atheist can't really be an atheist. There's no such thing as an atheist. Once again, we go on the authority of the Word of God that says that they knew God, they neither glorify Him as God, nor were they, they thankful, but they traded the truth of God for a lie. And uh, that's just the case of it. So... You know, it reminds me, Kirk Cameron, uh, the Hollywood actor, uh, said, you know, we must seek and save that which is lost. There's only a certain amount of time left, and it's so true. Time is ticking away, and this is just one of the worldviews you're going to run into, but we love atheists. We want to see them turn to Christ, and we want to have a ready answer. First Peter 3.15 says to uh, always be ready to give an answer, right? We talk about apologetics, that is to give a ready answer for the hope that you have, um, and to do it in gentleness and respect. So, in a sense, you have to be able to listen to people. You have to be able to meet them where they are and give reasons for them, a logical reason for them to truly consider the claims of Christ. So a person might say, well, prove to me the existence of God. And we can go with the cosmological argument. We can go with the uh, the fine-tuning argument, which is probably our best argument for theism, uh, which even... Richard Dawkins and, uh, well, not Richard Dawkins, I'm sorry, uh, Christopher Hitchens has said that's, our, that's probably our greatest argument for theism is the fine-tuning argument. Uh, Dr. Stephen Myers did a, a, a great uh, uh, talk on that. You can look that up. But when, when you get to, to the point where a person says, okay, I don't know if there's a God, and then you go through the cosmological argument, which we can talk about in another discussion, another podcast, and you go through other arguments that might be legitimate in their eyes. They think, okay, well, that does make sense. Then they say, okay, well, there might be a God, but how do you know it's Jesus, right? How do you know it's the God of the Bible? Which opens up a whole other can of worms. Um, and we're going to talk about that can of worms, by the way. We're going to get to that and help you to better defend the faith, better feel equipped and confident in it. Um, but realize this worldview is nonsensical to say that there's no God, they can't do that. They cannot say that there's not a God. Right here in Scripture, they know that there's a God. Why? Because things that are made. You cannot have a creation without a creator. Okay. Uh, one of the responses you can give is, so you believe the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything. We're not saying that just everything came from nothing. We're saying that nothing was the cause, like it was the creative force. Nothing created it. Okay. I, you know, then they want to talk about the Big Bang. We get into evolution discussion. Well, you got to just say, you know what? I know the Big Banger, all right? The Big Banger is the one that did the Big Bang. <laughs> oh, there's so much to discuss when it talks about this. I hope you'll be excited for the next podcast that will come out where we'll discuss some of these things. But I hope more than anything that you will be more and more influenced and inspired to share the gospel, whether you have to deal with this type of worldview or maybe somebody's open to the gospel and says, hey, I'm interested, I just don't know, or whether it might be someone that says, you know what, I've heard the claims of Christ, I've been considering the claims of Christ, and you get the chance to share your testimony with them. Whatever you do, do it now while you have the time. The time is urgent. 
In fact, it was uh, Ray Comfort that said, if you're not concerned with your neighbor's salvation, then I'm concerned about yours. Uh, echoing the words of Charles Spurgeon that says, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. You can be sure of that. We have a great concern because we know God. So now our part is to make Him known. The greatest joy is to know Christ. The second greatest joy, of course, is to make Him known. If you want to know more about reaching your city for the cause of Christ, then go on Facebook and look up Reach My City. You can also find us on YouTubeans and anywhere you can find your podcasts. May God bless you, and may He fill you with peace, and may you seek and save that which is lost. There's only a certain amount of time left.